Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. I want to, in the future, incorporate other members of the church, and, and this story, it's very personal to us. Some of you know details of it, but go ahead, I'll shut up. Here. Um, and some of you know this story, some of you don't know this story, but some of you, many of you sitting here are many, are very intricate players in this story. Um, you know, James is talking about prayer, and um, when we were about to have our second son, the prayer team, the faithful, faithful prayer team, how many have been blessed by them in this place? Just really, um, they're so faithful. And they were moved, and they felt very strongly to pray for me and our child when I was pregnant with our second son. I really at this point had had a perfect kind of pregnancy, really no issues, nothing to speak of, but there was such prayer that they had um, for for this unborn child that for the weeks and months leading up to it, there was text after text after message after message of prayer for this this child and for me. Um, Well, it did come time for me to have the baby because I developed preeclampsia, high blood pressure at the end of of, um, my pregnancy at 38 weeks, and I had a tough time. Um, You know, Nolan was born, and um, I had a post-maternal hemorrhage. I needed uh, seven blood transfusions and two surgeries, and I had a very, very difficult time. Um, But, you know, I made it through, and and the prayers just continued, and they mounted, and and, and they were strong. Um, So we got through it, and it was was a tough time, but, you know, we came out of it. Uh, Our son is now 20 months old, and he has some developmental delays. So, um, you know, just yesterday, it, it popped in my head. I thought, let me contact the woman who was a doula. I had a doula. I thought I was going to have a natural <laughs> delivery. It did not happen. But um, So I contacted the doula, and I said, I just wanted to check in with you. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, is there any correlation between my, my delivery and some of Nolan's delays? I don't know. I know I probably can't get the answers, but this is just what I was interested in, in knowing. And she asked for a couple of facts, and she said, what was his APGAR score? And she said, you know, I took a picture of, sorry if this is like TMI, but I took a picture of your placenta because it was literally, the cord was literally hanging on by one thread. It, it, one thread that this is, this is the lifeblood of your child. That, and if you had not had a C-section, it, things could have been very bad for you. She said, let me talk to my friend who's a doctor and I'll see what she thinks kind of about the situation. She gets back to me and she said, um, the doctor just told me to tell you to just hug your baby very tightly and kiss him because based upon his APGAR score and based upon the picture that you showed us, he probably shouldn't be here. And then I said, are you, are you kidding? I can't believe this. I didn't even tell my mom the story. Um, I said, I can't believe this. And um, I said, I, I, it's so, you know, a thick. So I said, so you're telling me I could have lost him. And she writes back, well, that and the fact that you needed seven blood transfusions, you shouldn't be here either. And she said, not a Christian. She said, you have somebody watching over you up there, and you should be very thankful. And they, the whole prayer team developed, um, they made me a whole prayer book of things that, these are just prayers, folks, even before they knew that there was an issue. There was this corporate prayer, and I know that I'm standing here. I know that my child is here because of the prayers of the saints in this church standing together. And, and this is just one prayer that... Um, I just read this morning. I pulled this out. I found it. It says, Megan and James diligently meditate on God's word. The Lord brings life and health to Nolan. We pray a hedge of protection around him, 
assured no weapon formed against him or his family will prosper, for they are the servants of the Lord. According to God's word, his angels, who have the full attention of God, guard and preserve the life of Nolan and his family. Before there was anything that they knew to pray for that. Um, so I just think it's you know a great example um, of, of what James is, is speaking of now and just the power of prayer, and we've seen it firsthand. Thank you. It's a wartime walkie-talkie. It's meant for war. And I, you know, it's sad, but so many times I know for myself, I'm going out into battle and I don't have my armor on. How about you? kingdom of heaven suffered violence and violent, violent take it by force, by force. It happens in prayer. It happens as we beseech God and we stand and, and, and I can't thank you enough as somebody else, I mean, it's, I'm in a sermon in the middle of the sermon saying this, but I can't thank you enough for all your prayers, everybody that was part of that. Just when she read that this morning, I mean, how moving as a, as a father to sit there and I, I, all morning tough. God's faithful. God's faithful. It's amazing. I don't know where I'd be without community. Where would you be without community? People standing with you in the toughest seasons of life. That's what we are as the church. That's what Daniel had. He had people standing with him. You know, it's unfortunate. Can I be really honest with you? As, as one of your pastors, I spoke last week. I spoke about community it was one of the worst turnouts we, we've had for Hill Houses. What are we doing? It's a, it, we're in battle. It's a war, and you could give me a thousand excuses. A thousand, and I get it. And for some of you, I know you have to work, and there are real things that are going on. But for many of us, we're tired, and we say, you know what? I'll go to the next one. No. Pick up your war time walkie-talkie. Get into community with other people. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where things happen in the context of community. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Amen. How am I supposed to move on after that, Pastor? Any, right? I'm going to go on a little bit. I don't know how, what time is it, by the way? I don't even know. I never ask. Like, what time? Just give me the, please give me the time. You know how I am. All right, it's a quarter after 11. That's it. Can you hang in with me? Because I'm going to try to, Pastor Tom is here next week, and at the end of the chapter, he, he already preaches series much different than I'm preaching it, but he didn't do the last part, and that's fine. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention something as to the last part in this chapter, so if you can give me time, that would be greatly appreciated. All right, so it, moving on in the text, thanks, Megan, for that. Uh, 25 through 27, I'm sorry, 25 through 27, then Ariok, you remember where we are in the story, aside from the story we just told you? All right, then moving on, then Ariok quickly brought Daniel before the king. Now, I want you to stop right here. Isn't this kind of funny? All right, he is bringing Daniel before the king and, look, and, then, and thus says to him, I have found the man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. Daniel went to him. Daniel went to him and here's this guy. Can you blame the guy? All right, he's serving Nebuchadnezzar, right? He's not going to go in and say, this guy came to me and uh, Daniel, remember him? He's like one of the guys from Jerusalem, one of the Israelites, a Jewish guy. Yeah, he's, he's trying to make himself look good, right? Und totally understandable in the situation. Thought it was funny. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? 
Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. Now, stop there. You see 26. Remember, his name was changed. His real name, Danny, we said Daniel, right? Old Elohim, right? All of their names have to do with God. His name means God will judge. This is what Belteshazzar means, the keeper of the hidden mysteries of Baal. He goes, oh, I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah, this guy. Oh, he's pretty, he's, this guy's really good. He's 10, first chapter, he's 10 times better than all of my counselors. So he brings him in. Yeah, can you tell me? Can you tell me what's happening here? And then we move down, 28 through 30. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the visions in your mind while on your bed. As for you, O king, while on your bed, your thoughts turn to what would take place in the future. And he who reveals mysteries has made known to, to you what will take place. But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than in any other living man but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Now, pause here for a second, too. I mean, how interesting is this? Daniel's response when it says there, the God of heaven, if you take notes, in verses 18, 28, 37, and 44, this name for God is, is used here in the second chapter and only three other books I found in the Old Testament. And what's crazy about this, in the Old Testament scriptures, they use Hebrew names for God, right? I said before, Yahweh, Elohim, but Daniel wants to make it so clear to him. Do you see this? He keeps God of heaven, God of heaven. Understand, Nebuchadnezzar, there is another God. You have this pluralistic worldview. You think there are all these other gods, right? There's all these other, Marduk and there's Baal, right? All these gods are out there, but no, no, no. There is one who is above all of those gods. There is one who has answers to your dream. All of your soothsayers, they couldn't answer it in this pluralistic world that you live in, but there is one who can. The kingdom of God, the God in heaven whose kingdom is here, the God who reigns, he understands, he ultimately knows, and he's the one who can tell you. And I would say here this morning, he is the God of Jerusalem today, he is the God of New York today, he is the God of Russia today, he is the God of China today, he is the God anywhere you want to look at on this globe, he is still God. Not just back then, he's still God today, and he's still going to have his way. Now, move down. This is the hardest part, and this is one that can confound people, this part of the story. Now, it's for the, now we, we look at the interpretation. Are you ready for this? You're going to have to think. All right, Stay with me. He's going to reveal the interpretation starting in verse 31. You, O king, were watching. So Daniel's telling him, right? This is what your dream was. God has given me. God has shown me what your dream was. This is wild. I want you to think that this is thousands of years before things, a couple of things I'm saying, thousands, years before any of this will ever come to fruition. Daniel is prophesying what will happen. Real history. There's, I mean, scholars, anybody, you look at what has happened since this was written, since Daniel said this, and it blows your mind. It's awe-inspiring. You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. Not a real man. This is an image of a man, a great colossal image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. 
This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Last part. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away, that so no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. What the heck is going on here? Right? You look at this. He's translating this dream. He's telling them this is the interpretation. Let me show you a picture. This is what this giant colossal image, you take it from the top to the bottom. You see the head of gold. What is that supposed to represent? No historian would argue. It's, it's, it's Babylon. This is his kingdom. He's saying, look, he's telling him. He, how brave a 16-year-old. He's going to the king and saying, look, your kingdom that you have now, ultimately, there's going to be another kingdom that takes Another king is going to come and he's going to reign. They're going to take over your kingdom. It's going to be gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. That's the first part, the head of gold. Chest of arms and silver. As we're going to see later on in the story, it's going to be the kingdom of the Medes and Persians. Then the belly and thighs of bronze. That's going to be the kingdom of ancient Greece. How many of you remember Philip II of Macedon and Alexander the Great? The great story of Alexander the Great, right? He's in the tent and he's crying because there's nobody else, nothing else in the world to conquer. He's conquered everything. All these civilizations, look at this. Then you go to the legs of iron, the kingdom of ancient Rome. And then you see the feet of iron and clay as the kingdom of restored Rome. So the kingdom of Rome that's split in two, the eastern and western kingdom, the Byzantine Empire, the capital Constantinople, and then the Roman Empire, which, right? You with me on with Rome? Okay, you with me on that. And then finally, at the bottom, you have the crushing rock, the kingdom of God. We are not, we have seen four of these things happen. The top four have happened. We don't know the bottom, the toes. Where is that going to be? The last one, the feet of iron and clay, things I want you to see that hasn't happened yet, okay? And there's a, that's where there's a lot of debate. I'm not getting into all that right now. What I want you to see is, I want you to look at the top, I want you to see that the gold, it goes from increasing value to decreasing value as you move on, right? As you go from the top to the bottom. Everybody with me? I also want you to see in this picture here, well, it gives you the dates. If you wanted, I wanted to put something up that you could actually see the dates. And you have this structure that decreases in value as you go from the head to the feet. It's foretelling of all these kingdoms that are ultimately going to be destroyed one day, Right? And you see here, you have to follow this and understand all of these Gentile empires, right? They, they took over the Israelites, and then you have these empires. They're going to fall. They're going to disintegrate one day. They try to distill it and make it really simple. And there's a lot more to it. As you move down, it's actually stronger. And that's trying to show the degradation, the debauchery in society and how it gets stronger as time is going on, as evil is moving along with time. But here is Daniel's point. Can I get to the, this is the last part, I promise, and I'll be done. All right? This is not a usual piece, I think I would say, of a sermon, but trying to be true to the text and tell you what it really says. Here's the last two verses, and I promise we're done. And in the days of those kings, this is, so I'm skipping a couple of pieces. Read the whole thing on your own. I, I, we don't have time to do the whole thing right now. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. What is he saying? Ultimately, God, there's only one kingdom that is, that is going to last. 
There's only one kingdom, and it's Christ coming, a second coming of Christ. God will set up, rule, and reign his kingdom forever and ever. He's trying to see saying that. We'll set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break into pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Wow. The courage again for this young man to stand up. And you see here, right, this statue. It's on a delicate foundation. It's on iron and clay, delicate things. It starts out with gold. Everything looks great. And you know why it's so huge? It's gigantic. Because it's like, hey, look, God is sending a message. Look at man and all your accomplishments. Look how great you think you are. Oh, yeah? You want to see how great you are? By Persians, Medes, Babylonians, Greeks, Romans. You thought you conquered the world. Caesar, you thought you were God. All these kings, all these kingdoms, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. They crumble, they fall. There is only one kingdom. This is the message of Daniel. There is a king that sits on the throne. He is sovereign. He is coming back and it's much sooner than many of us think. Wake up time. We are to live as Daniel and these guys live. We are to live in preparation for that now. Right now. This is the time. This is the hour. There was one thing. One, one writer said, Today we are living on the threshold of that age to come. The days of human rule on earth are almost over. It's almost time for the arrival of the stone that has been cut without human hands. Amen. Are you with me? And how many of us, as we come to the table, let's, just, let's close here at the table. How are we doing in preparation for the coming king? God is sovereign. God is coming. He is looking again. There's that word, a remnant. You see it in the life, in the story of Daniel. You see these men that stood out, that went against their culture, that didn't assimilate in, right? They were resident aliens. How many of us are living in this day and this age as resident aliens? And I would say, you know what's unfortunate? I, wasn't, I'm, I have to get into it a little bit. As one of your pastors here, I would say many of us are getting sucked. We all do to some extent. I do. First and foremost, we're all getting sucked in to some extent. But what the culture tells us is real. What the culture tells us is valuable. It tells us what to buy. Look at all the things. What are you doing with your money? What are you doing with your time? We're so busy and harried and rushed and, wow, man, we don't have time for us. I don't have time to prepare. I don't have time for my spiritual life. I have time to come to church for two hours, but don't ask of any. Maybe once in a while I'll pray in the morning. Maybe once in a while I'll, I'll take some dust and throw it off my Bible. Maybe I'll read it once in a while. Come on. Oh, you don't want me to preach? You want me to just, you want me to tell you everything's great and tell you another story? And I don't have any more stories. I just have a challenge. I have a challenge that we are in dire need of a people that will get serious about their walk. And unfortunately, so many of us are Christians on the outside. And you know what our culture says? Hey, you can be a Christian. You celebrate Christmas. Hey, so do we. We celebrate Christmas too. Just as long as you think like us, as long as you think all the Supreme Court decisions, whatever happens out there, if you think like us, you're cool. You're straight with us. If you don't think like us, man, something's wrong with you. you. You can be a Christian. Go to church. That's great. You can pray for things. But don't you dare. 
tell us what to do. And don't you dare tell me there's such a thing as absolute truth. Don't you tell me that. That's what the world's telling us every single day. You're in here. It's not by accident this morning. I'm here to tell you, you are a warrior in God's kingdom. You are part of the battle. And it's incumbent upon you and it's incumbent upon me that we leave this place and we take our job very seriously. And we realize the days that we're in. You know how many people go, man, I wish I was like a Daniel living in that day. I would say, Daniel is probably, if he could see or when he does understand everything, if he can, that he'd look at this day and say, man, I'd give anything to be in 2015. I'd give anything to be in the 21st century because this is really the beginning of the end. I would want to be part of that. I would want to be countercultural in that day. I would want to go out there and, be, and bring the gospel to people. I would want to go out there and be salt and light. I would want to make a difference in that day. Are you kidding me? Are we taking that for granted? Yes, absolutely. Do you realize the times in which we live? What is afforded to us of all the time in history? You are here right now, not by accident. This is your day. This is my day. This is our day, City on a Hill Community Church. We are difference makers. Difference makers. You are not here to just sit in your chair and clap. Oh, that was a good sermon. That was a great song. No. Get in the game. Come on. Get your uniform dirty. Remember that Navy SEAL, the guy want to be worn out. Just be worn out and get into the game. Dirty, shrapnel everywhere. It doesn't matter. That's what I want with my life. I want to give it all. Give it everything I got. My job, give it all. Give my job here to you and serve. Come on, this is the day. I'm fired up. Can you tell? Stop. <laughs> I just know it's, I know it's serious. I know. And I just want more for myself and I want more for, for all of us. I know there's more out there. I'm called to do this. I didn't want to do this. I've said it a thousand times. I never looked to do this. You think I wanted to do this? No. I want to get up at three in the morning and prepare. No, I didn't want to do it, but I know I'm called to do this. And this is the message. This is the message that you've heard, not me. I'm just echoing their sentiments. I'm echoing what you've heard from other people. I'm just the messenger, one of many, with a, with, with a word that is, hey, look, this, this book of Daniel, wow, it's really relevant for us in our day. I hope you take it serious. Lord, Lord, I thank you for this story, and I thank you for how it's challenged me. Lord, I want to be part of a church where there are Daniels and Shadrachs and Meshachs and Abednegoes. Lord, I want to be a person that brings light and, and, and just brings truth into this culture. Lord, I don't want to be religious. I want people to be attracted to you. Father, I thank you that there's another life that lives on the inside of us. Live through us. Have your way. Help us not to get discouraged. Daniel could have easily just given it up and thrown in the towel, but he didn't. I thank you that his story helps me to press on, to fight the good fight, to finish the race, to say at the end, like Paul, I kept the faith, Lord. This is a marathon. I don't care if we're getting knocked down and we're getting beat up and the storms of life are hitting us everywhere and there's hail and there's snow and there's rain. But Lord, I know if we're locked arm in arm, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, that we can run this race together. Father, bring us closer together in these days. Help us to want you more. Father, I don't, want to, I don't want to put any more burdens on people. I ask that our people here, that they would want to get into your word. They would want to study this kind of book. They would go home, give them an insatiable appetite for this book and for all that you are. Light a fire inside all of us. Start a revival here in this church, Lord. Why can't it happen in Middle Island, New York? Why can't it happen, Lord? 
It happened in other seemingly obscure places on this planet. Why can't it happen now? Oh, raise up a people that believe it and want it more than anything else in the world. Lord, that the cares of this world, that they'd have no effect in us. Lord, we want to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and know that everything else will be added unto us. When the culture tells us we need this and buy this and wear this, Lord, help us as only you can do. We are powerless without you. You are the one, Father. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.